join the social sports conversation. Follow TSN 690 on Facebook. Click on Facebook.com slash TSN 690 Montreal. Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with you. 10 to noon. We've got a lot coming up, so buckle up. Stick with us for a while. We're excited uh, with the guest list today, as we always are. Excited to be joined by NHL draft prospect Hendrix Lapierre. Bit of a polarizing prospect. Uh, Craig Button last year had him as high as second overall behind Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, an injury-riddled 2019-20 kind of dropped his stock a little bit. He's with the, the Saguenay, the Chicoutimi. They played last night. They had a big 5-2 win uh, over the Cataract de Chouinigan. And uh, Hendrix Lapierre had four points. So we'll see how he's feeling this morning. And uh, we'll find out exactly what he has planned for the uh, first round of the NHL draft on Tuesday night. Newly acquired striker Mason Toy of the Montreal Impact will join us at 11.05. We'll talk to him about the move to Montreal and what impact fans can expect from him going forward. And of course, we'll have plenty of NBA talk with the NBA Finals in progress. Lakers take a big 2-0 lead in the series and it looks like uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis and the, and the crew, they have a commanding lead in that series. It's going to take a lot for the Heat to get back into it. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, and of course, we will have plenty of uh, draft talk, prospect talk, and uh, Canadians talk coming up uh, over the next couple of hours. And uh, you can get in touch with the program a couple different ways. You can text us at 11690. You can also tweet me at Joey Alfieri or at TSN690. You'll also find our Saturday sports poll question of the day there. And I want to jump right into that. That's where I'd like to start. What do you think the Canadians... And general manager Mark Bergevin will do with his first round pick this year. The draft Tuesday night, the first round. And then uh, on Wednesday, it's rounds two through seven. Canadians have the 16th pick. Do you expect them to stay at 16? Do you expect them to trade the pick away? Do you expect them to move up in the first round? Or do you expect them to move back in the first round? And... I think it's going to be fascinating just because, I mean, we've heard, you know, we've heard what the Canadians are planning on doing. Mark Bergevin on this very radio station told Tony Marinaro this. No, we can't shy away. We have to have the best player that could help us down the road. So we're not going to look at that because, you know, eventually COVID is going to, is going to, is going to go away. So I mean, we have to be, you know, we can't pass on the player because... They might not be hockey this year. At some point, we have to take the best player available that's going to help us. All right, that's if he keeps the pick. There's also other options. Are you willing to trade prospects, first-round yes. picks? Are you willing yes. to put together packages to make yes. the Montreal Canadiens better immediately? 
Yes. Are you willing to do it next week? Tonight. So there's Mark Bergman with Tony Marinaro earlier this week on the Montreal Forum. Uh, really good conversation. If you missed it, you can catch it, tsn690.ca. And so there's options for the Canadians. And we know that uh, from a financial standpoint, the Canadians do have uh, the cap space to make moves. They have the... Um, I mean, Mark Bergevin is very cautious with his cap space. So uh, as of right now, they do have $10.2 million. They still have to sign uh, Max Domi, still have to sign Victor Mete. But for the most part, you know, I think those are going to be shorter-term deals if both guys resign and if they're not traded. So right now, you do have $10 million. You got to fill out, you know, the bottom line. You're, you know, again, you got to bring back those two guys, but then you have to fill in with some depth forwards and stuff like that. So uh, maybe, you know, if you want to... You know, if you want to look at it, you want to knock off, I don't know, somewhere between four and five million dollars a year for Domi, maybe, maybe less, but I don't know. I mean, the guy had still had a seventy-two point season a couple of years ago. So let's just, you know, let's estimate that they've got about five, four to five million dollars to play with. Uh, that's if they don't make, you know, if they don't trade anybody off the roster. Uh, but again, that that draft currency that they do have. Is fascinating because I mean, there's other teams that have a lot of picks or a lot of cap space, uh, but very few teams have both uh, heading into this draft. Like, for example, I mean, the Ottawa Senators have both, but the Ottawa Senators aren't gonna, you know, they're not competing for a playoff spot as soon as this year, I don't think. I like what the Senators are doing, I like the trades that they've made. They've got two picks in the top five here coming into Tuesday night, but I still think the Senators are a couple years away. I think it's fair to say that. Are the Canadians a couple years away? I don't know. I think they're closer to making the playoffs than the Senators are. And we saw them take a huge step forward in the summer. And it's clear, I think, from, from a Montreal standpoint, whether you agree or not is a different story. But I think you realize that they hope to make the playoffs. We'll see whether that happens or not. But it's pretty clear, you heard from Mark Bergeron there, that the 16th pick is in play. And I've kind of been, you know, I've mentioned this all along the last couple of months. It's just to me, I think draft capital is worth more now than ever before. And the reason for that is simple. Again, you have a flat cap at $81.5 million for this year, and we don't even know how many more years. And there are a lot of teams that need to find a way to stay competitive but they need to they also need to create some cap space because they have to sign some guys. Perfect example of this, the the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, we know Sergachev. Uh there's a chance that uh, you know, maybe he gets an offer sheet and whatnot, and maybe the Lightning, you know, are, are forced into a, a tough decision. But for the most part, I'd imagine that Mikhail Sergachev is gonna stay exactly where he is. He's on a Stanley Cup contender, he's a young defenseman in Tampa Bay. They need the money to bring him back. They do have some veteran forwards that they probably don't want to get rid of that they might be forced to get rid of. Uh, one of those players, you know, is, uh, is a Killorn or a Palat available. Eh, who knows? We know the Canadians need goals. I don't think of those guys. I think Palat is more of a naturally gifted offensive type of player. I wouldn't necessarily call him a goal scorer. But... I mean, maybe that could be a fit. But there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that need picks. I mean, we know about Arizona. Uh, I don't know. I know Sean Campbell and Mitch Gallo were tweeting up a storm this week about uh, 
Phil Kessel landing in Montreal. Always liked Phil Kessel. I personally don't know if he wants, you know, a, a trip to Montreal uh, in his near future. I don't know, you know, in, in his early 30s, I don't know if that's something he'd like to do at this point after, you know, the way uh, everything unfolded in Toronto. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a player on Arizona that the Canadian that fills a, a need with the Canadians. I don't know. Vegas, also tight against the cap. The Blues are. We know the Leafs are. The Penguins are always trying to make moves. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's going to be fascinating to me. Uh, if I had to vote on uh, the Saturday sports poll question, I'm Joey Alfieri with Saturday Sports on TSN 690, 10 to noon. Uh, again, that question, you can find it on Twitter. What do you think the Canadians and GM Mark Bergevin will do with the first-round pick this year? Uh, stay at 16, trade it away, move up in the first round, move back in the first round. I'm all for trading it away. I just I don't know if you're going to be able to fill what you're the need you're looking to fill by trading away the first-round pick. Yes, I do think that draft capital is worth more now than ever, but you're not looking for a depth player. You're looking for a top six forward who could put the puck in the back of the net, and if he has size, even better. As valuable as I think the 16th pick is, the 15th pick got the Pittsburgh Penguins Kasperi Kapanen, and that was only a month ago. And did I like the trade from a Penguins perspective? No, I didn't like the trade from a Penguins perspective. I didn't like it at all. But... How much more can you get one-for-one one pick for player than a Kasperi Kapanen? I, I would take Kasperi Kapanen on, on the Canadians, no doubt, but is he a natural goal scorer, a guy who can potentially pop in 30? I, I, don't, I don't see that. But then again, I'm saying the same thing here, but I don't know if the 16th pick is going to be able to land you that. So uh, I, I'm curious to see... You know what the Canadians can get for this draft pick, if anything at all, and and clearly, I mean, if they're willing to move it at any cost, they're going to be able to get something. But in fairness to the Canadians, I don't think that they should trade it at at any cost. I, I really, I don't, um, I don't see that being necessary. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, I think in the end, what ends up happening, I think the Canadians are going to draft at sixteen. On uh, on Tuesday night, I, I feel I feel that even though they don't want, they probably don't want to in an ideal world. I think you know you have a 16th pick, you have a deep prospect pool, and you just add to it. So I I personally think just the way it shakes out, I think that they stay. And 41.7 percent of you agree with me that they'll stay at 16, but leading the way. <laughs> Trade the pick away is at 46%. And I get it. In an ideal world, yeah, you trade the pick and you get yourself some reinforcements. I've already mentioned on these airwaves, if you listen, uh, you know that I like Rope Hints from the Dallas Stars. Uh, the Stars have cap space. Uh, and, of course, they're coming off a trip to the Stanley Cup final. And Hints uh, wasn't able to finish the series as uh, he did get banged up. But they do have an owner uh, in Tom Gillardi who's very wealthy, but he does make a lot of his money in the hotel and restaurant industry, and those have taken a hit uh, in the pandemic. So I just I wonder if the stars and they have to bring back uh, hints. Uh, Dennis Gurianov is a free agent. I, I don't know if they're going to keep Hudobin. Uh, they're both restricted. Those two guys. Uh, Anton Hudobin is UFA, 
and he was their playoff hero. And I think, you know, I don't know if they keep him at any cost, just, you know, a goalie in his mid-30s who's never been a clear-cut starter. I don't know what the asking price is. Uh, but if I was both sides, I'd kind of try to make it work. Uh, just because, you know, if you're Hudobin especially, this is maybe, you know, your last contract in the NHL. If it's a multi-year deal, I get it. You want to break the bank. But at the same time, uh, you definitely want to stay somewhere where you're comfortable. So does that happen? I think Radic Faxa is another guy who's free on Dallas. Anyway, the, the Dallas storyline is is really intriguing to me. Uh, they don't have second or third round picks. And Faxa is RFA as well. Matthias Janmark is UFA. We mentioned Gurianov and Hintz. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, Miro Haskinen, the standout defenseman, 21 years old. He has one year left on his entry-level deal. So you're, you can... I mean, he's eligible to sign an extension right now, uh, so you can bet that he's going to earn a big fat payday uh, in the near future here. So I don't know. I, I just I wonder if it's not a move that the Stars would look to make. You know, one of those guys. But again, I think to get a hint or to get a Gurianov, I don't know. It's going to take more than that 16th pick. It's going to take more than that. And you know, do the Canadians have the ammo to make it happen? Maybe. I don't know how quote-unquote, you know, untouchable those guys are uh, out in Dallas. But it's just an example of one team that, you know, yes, despite having uh, $15.5 million in cap space, uh, you know, maybe they're not a cap team. So it's intriguing. I mean, there's been all kinds of rumblings about uh, potential trades that are going to go down this weekend. Uh, I mean, there's no draft floor on Tuesday night, but uh, that draft is going to be held virtually and we'll have... Uh, exclusive coverage for you on TSN 690 uh, with uh, with a full three-hour show with Sean Campbell, Mitch Gallo, and Dan Robertson. But I'm curious to see, like, is there going to be a lot of shaking and baking and shaking and shaking and baking? Are, are teams going to be able? I know teams want to make trades. Are teams going to be able to make trades? And the Montreal Canadiens if teams are able to make trades, are one of the teams that stands to benefit the most. Because they do have that little bit of cap space and they do have that 16th pick, which is clearly in play. And they also have those three second round picks that are in play. What does that buy you? I'm not entirely sure what that buys you, but the Canadians have uh, a solid core uh, to build around and they might also have uh, some trade chips that they can use to get better. One of them uh, could be Max Domi. Does he sign? Does he stay? Does he go? For me, Max came in the first year and uh, he played the north-south game. He played the power game with skill. This year, I saw Max trying to pull up more, playing the skill game and power after. So he switched what he does best because he's a powerful player with skill. And I thought he was trying to play the skill game more than the power game. And that's what hurt him this year. Does he get another opportunity? There's Mark Bergevin, by the way. Uh, does he get another opportunity, Max Domi, to prove himself as a member of the Montreal Canadiens? Do the Canadiens have to trade him no matter what? I don't think they do. Uh, but clearly there seems to be you know, uh, a difference of opinion uh, between uh, head coach Claude Julien and Max Domi as to what the role should be. Clearly with the way, you know, you end up playing on the fourth line in the playoffs is not uh, ideal for Max Domi and the Canadians definitely need him higher in the lineup. He did play wing, I think that was at game two of the Philadelphia series uh, where he played in a more offensive role, had the big three assist night uh, and the Canadians end up winning that game 5 nothing. And you're feeling good about where Max Domi's going. But as as for the playoffs as a whole, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You can't come away too positive with that. So is he a trade chip? We know that the prospects, some of them uh, will be trade chips. The first round pick, 16th overall, is a trade chip. And again, uh, we'll continue to get your reaction uh, on our poll question of the day on Saturday Sports and TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. You can vote at Joey Alfieri on Twitter. What do you think Canadians GM Mark Bergevin will do with that first round pick? Stay at 16, trade it away, move up in the first round, move back in the first round. And uh, some people have uh, taken the opportunity to chime in. Uh, and respond to a poll question, which is cool too. We're happy to read your uh, opinions, and you can also text us at 11690. Grant says, the way he answered the question on TSN 690 is the way he sounded like he wasn't really interested in the number 16th pick. I'd say he's trading away the pick, but GMs tend to not always do as they say, so there's that. Uh, Eli says, I say trade if there's a way to get a top young six winger. Uh, Line 8 to Habs, if he trades it, I just hope it's not an Andrew Shaw type deal. Uh, Jimbo says, stay at 16 and draft Hendricks Lapierre. Neck issues and only one concussion. Roll the dice. High risk, high reward prospect for the Shikurumi Sagnier, who will join us in about 15 minutes' time here. Hendricks Lapierre will on Saturday Sports. Uh, Jeff says, you'll trade it away for a depth player with great leadership skills. I don't think, I, I don't think that's happening. Jeff added the uh, blushing emoji. Uh, the Gargoyle says, I voted what I wanted him to do, and that stay at 16. I think he will trade it for a useless player that doesn't move the needle at all, just to say he tried to improve the team. I don't think that's happening either. Uh, I think the Canadians are fine keeping the pick, but if they can make themselves better right now, I think they'll do it. Uh, but I don't think there's any panic to move the pick. If you stay at 16 right in the middle of the first round, from everything we've heard, it's a pretty deep draft. You can get yourself a quality player. Uh, I don't think the Canadians panic into moving the number 16th pick. If you don't get what you're looking for, you can just you kind of just sit there, draft the best player available because your prospect pool is pretty deep, and you just wait, let him develop. Who knows? Maybe you know if you're in it, if you're in the playoff race, and your prospect has a good junior season or NCAA season, if you know the NCAA ends up playing or a good season in Europe. You know, maybe you parlay him into a player at the trade deadline or you trade him, you know, you trade him uh, before the trade deadline, you know, in the in the months of, well, who I mean, who even knows when the trade deadline is going to be? We don't even know when the season's starting. But, you know, th- that's an option too where you pick, you hope your prospect has a good season, builds on, you know, whatever credit he had going into the draft, and then you can make a move then when teams are maybe more inclined when they're out of the race. Maybe they're more inclined to do that. Uh, Tony says, this is the best draft in ages. I'd much rather Mark Bergeron keep and draft a player. Montreal have plenty of picks, including three in the second round, along with plenty of prospects to use as trade assets. So Tony says, keep the pick. And uh, Vrai Montreal are not likely. Look for Habs to swap number 16 with other assets uh, for a targeted scoring winger for the first line as free agency dollars and premiums not in the Mark Bergevin plan. Uh, looking at 11690, uh, we've got uh, some texts coming in here. Uh, trade up with Ottawa. That's from Patrick. Uh, Ottawa, of course, sitting there at number three uh, and number five. And uh, somebody else says, let's learn from Tampa. We need more prospects. Keep the pick. So opinion's pretty split. Opinion's pretty split. Not, I thought that most people would say uh, stay with uh, the uh, or uh, move the 16th pick, uh, but it's pretty close right now on our poll question. Traded away is leading at 45.6%. Stay at 16 is at 41.2%. Uh, we'll keep 
uh, checking in uh, with our poll question of the day uh, over the next uh, hour and 40 minutes, as we do on Saturday Sports on TSN 690 with Joey Alfieri. Uh, but coming up next, we've got a little NBA talk. The Los Angeles Lakers have a commanding 2-0 lead over the Heat in the NBA Finals. Is the series over, or do the Heat have a run in them? I'm Joey Alfieri on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. What was it about, Frank? that gave you that immediate buy-in and that you gravitated towards quickly? For one, from a competitive standpoint, going against Frank's teams in Indiana when we had our battles when I was in Miami, you understood how well those teams were. And it starts with the head coach. And the players are an extension of the head coach. So I had that, that memory of that, just battling those Indiana Pacer teams. And for me, I've always been a coachable player throughout my whole life. So, I mean, I, it was just that simple for me personally. They just play so free. You know, everybody's moving, everybody's cutting, everybody on the floor um, is live. Which means everybody, you know, just kind of do random things. So it's tough on the defense. Um, you really have to talk, you really have to communicate, you really have to uh, know what schemes you win. And they put a lot of pressure, you know, on, on the defense. We knew they were going to be different. And you know, with no BAM, they bring five three point shooters. And, um, you know, their movement offense is very difficult to guard no matter who's in uniform. But we definitely have to do a better job, in particular on the defensive end. I thought we attacked offensively really well. Well, we had a poor shooting night from perimeter, but uh, I liked it, the quality of the shots for the most part. And you know, even having a poor shooting night, we still end up with an offensive rating of 136. There's uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Lakers head coach Frank Vogel after last night's 124-114 win over the Miami Heat. The Lakers now two wins away from winning the NBA title. And uh, it certainly looks right now like they're uh, well on their way to doing that. And uh, look, I give the Miami Heat credit with no Bam Adebayo, with no Goran Dragic last night. Uh, I give the Heat credit because they did compete. They did fight. Uh, they did, you know, I mean, they, they got it down to nine, ten points in the fourth quarter, uh, the deficit, but it just, they couldn't close the gap. The Lakers didn't allow them to do that. LeBron with 33, nine and nine. Uh, Anthony Davis with 32, uh, 14. Uh, yeah, 32 and 14. So, I mean, just right now, uh, the, the, the Los Angeles Lakers are a problem. I give uh, Frank Vogel a lot of credit there because Frank Vogel, I mean, listen, people now, it's a foregone conclusion, and we heard LeBron talk about buying into what Frank Vogel is selling. Uh, but when the hiring happened at the beginning of the season or before the season started, I mean, there were some people that questioned the Frank Vogel hire, uh, but uh, he's gotten his stars uh, to buy in. And look, I think the, the big thing, we knew what Anthony Davis and LeBron James uh, do and can do you know, in a, in a seven-game series, in a playoff run. Uh, but the contributions they're getting from Dwight Howard uh, defensively, uh, the contributions they're getting from, I mean, Rajon Rondo, uh, playoff Rondo was uh, outstanding off the bench last night, had 16 points, 10 assists uh, for a double-double. Uh, they, you know, they've got guys that compete hard. They play good defense, even though, I mean, you heard Frank Vogel uh, say that they needed to be better defensively. I mean, I don't know what more you can ask for from this Lakers team right now. They're just they're too long, they're too deep, uh, and they're just they're healthier than Miami. And I'm not saying with Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic in the lineup last night that the Heat win, uh, but I mean it does make a huge difference. Bam Adebayo is a fantastic defender, fantastic uh, on both ends of the floor, really, and uh, I think he's going to be you know one of the big one of the better uh, you know big body 
power forward, Big Ben, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I think that's you know he's going to be one of the better ones in the league uh, for the next while here. And not having him is huge. Uh, Jimmy Butler, again, continues to produce for Miami. Had 25 last night. Tyler Hero had 17. But I don't know. It just it seems maybe like for some of the younger players, I don't know if the final – like the finals is a big moment. And, you know, it, it takes some time. We've seen with different teams in NBA history that you do have to learn uh, how to win at times. And I think clearly LeBron James knows how to win. Uh, Anthony Davis is figuring it out in a hurry. Uh, and he's got, you know – LeBron uh, able to show him the ropes um, in that regard. But it just it, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that the Lakers are going to close this thing out. I, I hope Miami can make it a series. Um, I had Lakers in six uh, before the start uh, of the finals. I don't know if it's quite going to go six, but if the Heat can make it interesting on Sunday night, you know, all of a sudden it's 2-1 and there's some doubt you know, maybe you get your guys uh, healthier and out of bio and uh, and Dragic, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's an interesting scene here in the NBA Finals because it's been so competitive and we've seen so many shocking things in the bubble. And this series is kind of going according to plan. The Lakers were heavy favorites even when Miami had everybody healthy, but it's just it's bubble life. You don't know for sure, uh, but right now, you know, it doesn't really look like. I don't know. It doesn't really look like. Uh, the Heat are going to be able to make this close. Again, That that's not for a lack of effort. Um, it's just the Lakers being better right now, and I think that's plain and simple. And I know, obviously, everybody kind of gets swept up in, in the superstars on the Lakers' side. And, you know, they, again, even their depth players like Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo, you know, those are big names uh, that the casual basketball fan probably recognizes too because they were elite players in the league at some point uh, years ago. But... The way this team defends is is incredible. They're basically the best defensive team uh, in the NBA. And that's that's kind of what concerns me is that if the Lakers are saying that they need to be better defensively and they're up 2-0 in the NBA Finals, probably not a good sign uh, for the Miami Heat. But listen, I'm, I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to hold out hope that the Heat can make it a series. But right now, it just it doesn't look good uh, from a Miami standpoint. Shakutami forward Hendricks Lapierre is one of the most polarizing prospects in next week's NHL draft. Craig Button ranked him as the second best prospect at the start of last year, but injuries have hurt his stock. Could he be an option for the Habs if they stick at 16? And how much has he talked to the Canadians leading up to the draft? We'll ask Hendricks Lapierre next. This is Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. <laughs> avec la pierre et Delgan de la pierre en territoire ennemi dans l'enclave ne peut avoir un tir sur Coulon mais la chapelle le tir fait le but le numérique le but de Dawson Mercer sur leur dernier jeu sur le dernier jeu de puissance le Lapierre un deuxième but sur l'avantage numérique ce soir le disque avec Olivier Nadeau pendant que Lapierre s'amène un contre un devant Pépin on le bat de vitesse et c'est le but d'assurance pour les Sags un cinquième dans le match un deuxième pour Lapierre Welcome back Saturday Sports TSN 690 Quebec Major Junior Hockey League got underway last night and uh, our next guest uh, had a, a a night to remember, uh, opening up the season with two goals, two assists in a 5-2 win over Shawinigan. Joining us now from Les Sagne de Chicoutimi, Hendrix Lapierre. Hendrix, what's going on, man? How are you? 
I'm pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. How does the body feel after a big four-point performance last night? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels pretty good. We were pretty happy to get the win uh, yesterday. It, I think it was uh, been six years since the Stags won their first uh, their their first game of the season. So yesterday it was the first time in six years, and um, I think it felt great for the whole team. And, and we're happy about the way we played, uh, especially the way we responded after a tough first period. So I mean, look, this is a this is unique. I mean, I, I don't know that we've ever seen this before, right? Where uh, you're playing games heading into the week of the NHL draft. Like, how are you balancing both? Like, how do you stay focused on the task at hand? You know, all you know. In the meanwhile, kind of having to worry about what's going on this week in the NHL. I think, yeah, I think obviously it's a um, you know it's kind of a weird situation, but. Um, I feel like when you're playing hockey and you're you know you're focused on winning and all that stuff, it's pretty easy to just focus on that. And obviously the draft, you know, it's kind of in your head. You're kind of thinking about it, and and and, and it's approaching real quick. You know, it's in three days. When I arrived in Chicoutimi at training camp, I was like, oh, okay, it's in a while. You know, I have time to <laughs> um, to get back. And now it's it's there, and it's going to be a fun day. But um, as I mentioned, you know, we were really focused on on getting our our first win yesterday, and we have another big game tomorrow. But after that. Um, of course, uh, the draft will probably be my number one priority, but um, it, it is still a big priority. But for right now, we have a big game tomorrow, and I think it's pretty easy to focus on that when you're when you when you want to have success and, and you want to win. He's one of the top prospects in the 2020 NHL draft. Hendricks Lapierre joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. So, what are the plans for Tuesday night? How you uh, how you watching? Uh, yeah, well, we're probably going to watch it at the rink on the on the jumbotron. Um, my family got tested. Uh, my close family, obviously, just my parents, my grandparents, my sister, uh, my brother, and you know they're probably going to be able to come uh, if nothing changes. So they all got tested. We're probably going to be uh, separated, but I'm still going to be able to to see them and 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 live the um, day with them. And I think it's going to be a pretty pretty fun day at the ring. The, the team, my teammates, are going to be here as well, so um, should be extremely fun. And I'm happy to see uh, what's ahead. For those who, who are unaware, uh, your teammate Dawson Mercer, uh, another forward uh, on Shakutami, you guys are both projected to go in the first round. Uh, how much has it kind of helped throughout this weird process to have somebody else who's going through the exact same thing as you? Yeah, I think it's helping for sure. I mean, uh, I think I think me and Dawson are pretty much uh, we're pretty much similar off the ice. You know, we're two guys who want to get better. We love playing hockey. We're really passionate about the game, and I think so far it's been a fun experience for both of us because we're just talking about. Um, hockey so much not not the draft necessarily but um mm-hmm. everything that that's ahead of it and i think it's it's really fun to um to share that experience with another guy and obviously going to be very happy for him when he's going to get drafted as well and um yeah i i feel like there's nothing really negative about the about the fact of having a teammate that's going to be drafted too so um so far we're both enjoying the experience and we we can't wait for tuesday obviously i know if i was in your shoes and i had somebody you know who's playing with me who i had a good relationship with in the same situation I'd probably make a, a friendly wager or two. Depend, you know, I, I'd be confident in myself saying that I'd go first. Do you guys have any any friendly wager on who goes first? No, we don't. I mean, uh, no, we, we don't. We're just going to be happy for one another. And um, obviously, we're probably going to joke about it or something. We were talking <laughs> to guys about like when they're going to say uh, from the Shakutami Sagnians. We're just going to look at each other and go like, who is it? Who is it? But um, no, no friendly wagers. We're just going to be really happy for each other. I think... Uh, trying to say for both of us to start of something great and I'm going to be really happy for him. All right. I, I know you might give me the, the eye roll here because I'm sure you get this question a lot, uh, but heading into last season, you know, you were uh, a top five pick according to, you know, a lot of the, the experts. I think Craig Button had you as high as uh, second overall at the start of last season. 
can you just tell us like what happened last year? We know about the injuries and whatnot, but can you just take me through, you know, your your start of the season and what it was like going through the injuries and and how it all ended up playing out? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, obviously at the start of the year, you know, I had the link. I went pretty well, and then after that, I came back to Shkudmi. Was I uh, had really high confidence. Was really was really pumped about the, the season. Uh, my first few games were really tough. You know, I didn't play as as well as I could, and um, you know, I didn't know why and all that stuff. And then obviously got the injuries, and then my season was over. But um, you know, I from the month of like uh, I'd say December to um, to the end of the summer, basically, I was on the ice pretty much. Uh, pretty much every day, every week, just training and, and trying to learn new stuff and getting better. So I feel like, you know, even though it was a really tough season for, you know, because I wasn't playing and I was away from my teammates and all that stuff for a while, um, I think it was there was kind of a little positive that I can take out of it, which is I probably got better in, in a little bit of aspects. And um, But, yeah, and, and then um, obviously when we realized it was a concussion, it was really it was really good for me when we realized uh, there was a neck injury. So in February, I was able to get back on the ice 100% and, and work hard and um, was ready to get back for playoffs. Obviously, didn't have the chance to play, but um, long story short, you know, it was just that it was a tough start to the season Then I got the injury and um, obviously wasn't really happy about it, but I think I made the, the most out of what situation I was put in. And um, now I feel extremely good, feel, feel 100% healthy, and I'm ready to go. How, how come it took so long, uh, Hendrix, to figure out you know that it wasn't concussion related, and how did you guys finally pinpoint what it was? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, obviously, uh, like after a while, you know, I, I was training and all that stuff, and um, I felt extremely good. But the only thing was, I had like headaches for 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 a little bit in the morning and all that stuff, and the symptoms were kind of weird. Um, they weren't like my first and only concussion that I had, and so I told my my agent and, and my team about it, and they were like, "Okay, well, you know, we know a couple of players that maybe that happened, so we can check your neck, make sure everything's all right." And um, and right away when we saw the, the specialist, the, saw the X-rays and the MRIs, it was like, all right, your neck, you're, there, you know, there's something wrong. You have to check that out. It's pretty, pretty, pretty simple to treat. Um, so that that was really good news. But yeah, I feel like um, just because you know I had headaches, we thought it was we thought it was concussion. I feel like it's it's kind of the normal thing. But um, after a while, I was like, that can't be a concussion, honestly, because mm-hmm. I was able to practice, go on the gym every day, and um, I was feeling good. But there was just uh, a couple things that were off, and now everything's good. He's Shakutami Sagnier, forward Hendrix Lapierre, joining us on Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690. Uh, all right, so how often do you get, you know, how often have you gotten the, the injury question with scouts, and, and what do you try to convey when they do ask you the question? Well, yeah, well obviously pretty much every every team and mm-hmm. every uh, medical staff have asked me about it, and I think it's normal. You know, when you, when you draft a player, you want to make sure they're healthy, and that's what I tell them. You know, I, I think we did everything um, right, uh, during that that situation, you know, we took a lot of time off. You know, I, I didn't play for uh, yesterday was my first real game in ten months and a half. So, mm-hmm. you know, we really took the time to make sure everything was all right. And um, I feel like you know the NHL teams, I make sure they know I'm healthy. That I, I make sure they know that that I, that I want to get better. That I'm 100. percent And um, I feel like overall, you know, it, it's it's been pretty good. And they they see that I'm that I'm healthy and that I'm that I'm back. And that it was really a neck injury that was pretty pretty easy to treat. And um, I'm happy that it's, that it's uh, you know that it's in the past now. So when you meet with these NHL teams, is it just over Zoom now? Is that pretty much what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, especially during like quarantine. It was really, uh, um, you know, it was really huge. But uh, yeah, now it's, it's still in Zoom. Yeah. So the funniest, weirdest question you got was what? Uh, that's a pretty good question. I'd say probably just uh, what kind of animal are you, like on and off the ice. <laughs> 
uh, I mean, yeah, I, no, there wasn't there wasn't that much of like weird questions, so it wasn't that bad actually. So, uh, so Hendrix, I'll ask you, what kind of animal are you on and off the ice? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I answered. I was kind of weird. I'm pretty sure I answered like lying on the ice, you know, just 100 percent right. all the time and and wanting the puck and all that stuff and. I think I answered monkey off the ice. You know, just someone who's really like energetic, really um, outgoing, uh, talks to the guys a lot. Have have a lot of energy, a lot of positive energy. So um, I don't know if that was the right answer, but I feel like I I can compare myself to that. <laughs> I like that answer. That's a really good answer. I like monkey off the ice. It's not one you hear often. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, you'd move yeah, up. You'd so... shoot up the draft rankings if you if you said monkey to me. <laughs> I like that. Uh, all right, I know I've I've seen where you know I've seen and heard you say uh, that you watch. Uh, quite a bit of hockey, so you're not just a hockey player; you're a hockey fan. Uh, favorite players to watch? Like, who do you model yourself after? Um, you know, obviously, I, I try to watch as many players as I can. Uh, I, I like to compare myself to a mix of like Kuznetsov and Bergeron or Kuznetsov and Barkov. Nice. I feel like if I can bring the, the the kind of skills that that Kuznetsov has, as well as the defensive side of Barkov or Bergeron, it can be a pretty good mix. But I mean, as a hockey fan, you know, I really just try to watch all the players, make sure. To, See what what every every guy does differently that makes them so that makes them so good. So, you know, during the playoffs, one guy that stood out to me was was Nathan McKinnon. I just I was I felt like I, I already really liked him as a player, but during the playoffs, he really I think he he took a big step, and it was so fun to watch him. Just so powerful, so good on the ice, and so I feel like uh, you know obviously guys like McDavid, uh, you know, super skilled, super fun to watch. But I really try to uh, model my my game maybe after a guy like. Uh, yeah, like like Kuznetsov or Bergeron, I feel like a, a both a mix of both of these guys. You're you're a Gatineau kid, right? Yeah. Were you a Sens Canadians Senators fan, Canadians fan growing up? Um, you know, I've always watched hockey as a fan of pretty much all the teams, but I'd say I I was more of a Montreal fan than Ottawa fan growing up. Um, had a couple favorite teams, but mm-hmm. you know, my dad was an Abs fan and and all that stuff, so uh, I was watching games with him and. Um, so yeah, I started as a as a as abs fan for sure. How much have you how much have you spoken to Montreal? They're sitting. I mean, they're sitting right there at sixteen. It's right in your wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, I've, well, I've spoken to them a few times. I think it went pretty well, but obviously it's it's a draft, so you never know. And mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens on that day. Do you do you have like uh are you leaning one way or another? Like, where are you leaning in terms of you know just you've spoken to so many people. Like if you had to, like if you had to take a guess at where you'd end up right now, like do you have any idea? Is that something that you can kind of pinpoint at all? Um, I think it's tough to say. With the season last year, it was kind of weird, but um, I mean overall, you know, so far it's been pretty good this year, and um, I feel like my interviews have gone pretty well. So um, obviously, I think first round for me would be, um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty fun and pretty realistic. Um, you know, I, I have the confidence in myself that I'm able to be a good hockey player and that I, I'm going to be able to push myself and and show everyone what I'm made of. But, yeah, I feel like uh, it's tough to pinpoint a certain rank, but I right. feel like in the first one would be pretty good for me. All right, Hendrix, thanks so much. I know you got practice. We appreciate you taking the time this morning, man. Uh, continued success uh, ahead of the draft, and uh, have a great rest of the season, all right? Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Hendrix Lapierre of Les Saguenayens de Chicoutimi, uh, one of the top prospects in the 2020 NHL draft who will uh, hopefully hear his name called uh, in the first round like you just uh, you heard him mention. That's the uh, that's the goal right now is to get picked in the first round and uh, clearly well on his way to doing that. Uh, there, again, it's a bit of a weird year like we mentioned uh, simply because there's games going on and the draft is taking place. So he'll have played two games uh, last night when he had four points and he's got another game tomorrow 
and then the draft on Tuesday night. I'm not sure how much your draft stock could improve uh, with, uh, you know, two games under your belt in 2020, 2021. Uh, but the four-point night against Shawinigan last night uh, certainly won't hurt. Uh, we do have some breaking news in the NHL. There was a major signing. Uh, we'll break that down for you on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. All right, Saturday Sports, TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you till noon, which means we have over an hour left, and we've got a busy hour to get to. Uh, Mason Toy, that big forward that Montreal's been looking for. The impact, of course. Uh, he was recently acquired this week. He'll join us just after 11.05. I believe this is the first exclusive one-on-one interview he's done. He was, he was on a Zoom call with the media uh, yesterday, but uh, one-on-one, I think this is the first interview he's going to do, so we'll have some fun with Mason Toy in about 10 minutes. And uh, we also will be talking to J.D. Burke of Elite Prospects. I know it's one of my uh, go-to sites when I'm looking for stats and numbers and uh, reading up on prospects. Uh, He'll join us to break down the NHL draft, which is going on Tuesday night. Uh, That's when the first round begins. Rounds two through seven uh, start on Wednesday morning, and they just kind of roll into the entire day. And, uh, of course, on TSN 690, we will have wall-to-wall coverage for you. Uh, I mentioned that there was some breaking news in the NHL. Some goalie news. We know the the goalie market is kind of going to be shaken up once free agency opens on October the 9th. Uh, And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, But Robin Lehner has re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights, according to Frank Saravalli of TSN. Uh, Sarvalli says uh, Lehner's put pen to paper and signed a five-year $25 million extension to stay with Vegas. An announcement is expected later today. And <laughs> this is just going to... This is going to be an intriguing... This is going to be an intriguing uh, off-season for the Golden Knights. We mentioned it off the top that they're one of the teams that's in salary cap trouble. And of course... Getting rid of uh, Marc Andre Fleury's uh, two-year, uh, t- I mean, there's two years remaining on Fleury's deal at seven million a year. I don't know who's taking that. I don't know who's taking that on. He has a modified no-trade clause. Clearly, you know, clearly, he'll welcome a trade out. I think he's already come out and said that he's not asking for a trade. But if there was an opportunity elsewhere to start, you'd have to think that Fleury would take it. Uh, but now that they so they've got two years left of Flurry at seven million a year, and Robin Lehner, again according to Frank Saravalli, signed a five-year deal worth five million dollars per season. That puts them at twelve million dollars uh, between the pipes for next year and the year after that. It's still less than the Canadians, but they're built a little bit differently than the Canadians are. They can't Vegas cannot afford to pay two goalies twelve million dollars. So uh, I don't know if they eat a portion of the the salary. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see what Vegas ends up doing. Uh, I, that's, that's something I'm, I'm really, really curious about. Just because they've got to make room under the salary cap, 
and uh, they've got uh, you know they've got some some high priced guys there. Uh, Mark Stone uh, is starting to make nine and a half million this year. We know Patretti's at seven million. I don't know if they can find a taker for Paul Stastny. He's got one year left on his deal at six and a half million. Clearly, you know, a, a good playmaker, good veteran, but not. He's just he's not the same. He's not the same guy, right? Like he's not the same type of forward. I th- I think at his best, I think Paul Stastny was a top line center in the NHL. Uh, but at 34 years old, he's just he's not that guy anymore. And of course, they've got William Carlson. All these guys, by the way, uh, Riley Smith too, Jonathan Marshall. So uh, they have modified no trade clauses, and Mark Stone actually has a no movement clause. So it's gonna be tough to move those guys. Not sure who they move. Uh, Alex Tuck is a name that's been linked to the Montreal Canadiens quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I, I can see why Canadians fans would be interested in Alex Tuck, but I really, I just at 24 years old, that size, that speed, that ability to put the puck in the net, I don't think he's going to be available. But right now, it's clear. I don't know what happens, but it's pretty clear that the Golden Knights they cannot go into this season with 12 million dollars tied up in goaltending. It just it can't happen. Uh, as of right now, they've got 4.94 million in cap space. That's without the Leonard contract kicking in. So Leonard at five million puts them over the cap. So I think during the offseason, you're allowed to go 10% over the salary cap, uh, which is fine for now, but they're going to have to find a way to get under the cap. Vegas does have a first-round pick. Uh, They have no second. They have two-thirds, no fourth, no fifth. So, you know, maybe they're one of those teams that uh, looks to recoup some uh, draft capital and they trade uh, one of their guys away. Uh, But, yeah, not going to be easy for the Golden Knights uh, to get themselves under the uh, under the salary cap. It's uh, it's less than an ideal situation, but clearly with the way Robin Lehner played, there's no way that they could let him walk. And I got to tell you, I'm 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 happy for Robin Lehner getting some long term security because we know you know he took that deal with the Islanders uh, to prove himself. Was nominated for a Vesna Trophy. Had to take a one year deal with Chicago last year. Played well, ends up getting traded, goes to Vegas, and finally gets that long-term security. So uh, according to Frank Saravalli, it's a five-year, $25 million extension in Vegas for goaltender Robin Lehner. And an oh, by the way, uh, Flyers backup goalie Brian Elliott signed a one-year, $1.5 million deal. So uh, that's one guy who probably could have been a backup somewhere else uh, once free agency hit. Uh, and uh, and he decides to stay in Philadelphia, and they'll continue to work with Carter Hart and Brian Elliott out there. One Montreal team was finally able to land a big scoring forward this week. The Impact's acquisition of Mason Toy from Minnesota United could be huge for their postseason chances. How does Toy feel about playing for Thierry Henry? He'll tell me. Joey Alfieri on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. 